It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The top stories. This year's July the 1st pro-democracy march is off, with organisers not in a position even to apply for permission. Tensions between the SAR and Taiwan increase further, with Taipei winding down its representative office here. And Apple Daily warns it will run out of money within weeks if its assets stay frozen. For the first time in 18 years, the Civil Human Rights Front says it won't seek to hold its annual march on the 1st of July. A member group, the League of Social Democrats, told RTHK it's difficult for the front to apply for permission as its secretariat has been out of action since its convener, Figo Chan, was jailed last month. Police rejected its application last year, citing the pandemic, but some protesters still took to the streets to oppose the national security law. Taiwan is effectively winding down its office in the SAR after a row with the Hong Kong government. Reuters quoted an unnamed official as saying seven officials were leaving this afternoon and the last remaining official will leave when their visa expires next month. Timmy Sung has more. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council said in a statement that since July 2018, the Hong Kong government has demanded that staff seeking visas to work in its Hong Kong office sign a letter recognizing the One China principle, effectively supporting Beijing's claim to Taiwan. The council said it would not accept this, but stressed that it would adjust its business handling method and the office would maintain necessary operations. It also stressed that since the Hong Kong office was set up, it had complied with all local laws. Relations between Hong Kong and Taiwan have worsened in recent years, particularly since Taiwan criticized the security law imposed on the SCR by Beijing, as the Hong Kong people could settle on the island. Last month, Hong Kong suspended operations of its Taiwan representative office, blaming what he called Taipei's gross interference in internal affairs. The council is expected to give more details tomorrow. Taiwan is due to receive 2.5 million doses of coronavirus vaccine today that are being donated by the United States. The island has a vaccine shortage. Only 6% of its 23 million people have received a jab. Taiwan has accused Beijing of interfering in its efforts to acquire vaccines from Western manufacturers. The BBC's Cindy Su is in Taipei. The vaccine donation will not only save lives, but may also revive the prospects of Taiwan's pro-independence ruling party in next year's local elections. It was welcomed by Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen. She has accused China of interfering with Taiwan's vaccine purchases, which Beijing has denied. Domestically, her approval ratings have fallen sharply, as many Taiwanese people blame her for being too slow in acquiring jabs. She's also been accused of politicizing the process by refusing to purchase the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine from its China-based distributor. Apple Daily says its parent company will seek government permission to unfreeze some of its assets so it can continue to operate. The security secretary, John Lee, froze $18 million of assets last week as part of an operation that saw five executives arrested under the national security law. The newspaper reported that Next Digital had only two weeks of operating expenses left and the company asked for the release of the assets to avoid breaking labour laws by failing to pay staff. It will go to court if the request is refused. The CEO of the General Chamber of Commerce says Hong Kong must open its borders soon to reverse its economic downturn. George Leung says unemployment has fallen only because trade is benefiting from a recovery in production on the mainland. He says many domestic businesses are still suffering and vaccination is the only way out. The unemployment remains pretty high in the construction sector, uh, in the retail, accommodation, transport sector. 
the unemployment is still talking about around uh, 8 to 10 percent. Uh, we haven't seen any sharp improvement uh, in those areas. So if we are not possible to uh, open the border soon, uh, I think that unemployment uh, will continue to stay at such a high level. Hong Kong has recorded no local COVID-19 cases for the 13th consecutive day. The only imported case involved a 36-year-old man who flew in from Russia. Ten district councillors have announced that they're quitting the pro-democracy Civic Party ahead of the expected introduction of loyalty oaths for councillors. Reports say the government will introduce the Pledge of Allegiance next month and is likely to deem any councillor who signed up to support the five demands of the 2019 anti-extradition protests to be in breach of the oath. The Civic Party had signed up to the demands. One councillor described the resignation as painful. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. A new platform at Hong Hum Station has begun operating ahead of the full opening of the Tun Ma Line next week. Passengers had mixed feelings, as Joanne Wong reports. One passenger complained that it took him up to eight minutes to move between platforms, and he said he was worried it would be harder for him to catch his trains. But another user praised the new arrangements for clearly separating the east and west rail lines, in contrast to the old design, which both lines shared the same platform. An RTHK journalist took three minutes to walk from the east rail platform to the new platform. Trains will start running through the entire Chunma line next Sunday, connecting the current West Rail with Kai Tak and Wu Kai Sha. The new platforms at Hong Hum were the center of a shoddy work scandal in 2018, and a government-appointed inquiry found serious deficiencies in the management of the project, but it concluded that the structures were safe. Turning overseas, the Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has chaired his first cabinet meeting since taking office with a warning that the election in Iran of a new hardline president, Ebrahim Raisi, should serve as a wake-up call to Western powers. Their representatives have gathered in Vienna to discuss the revival of a nuclear agreement which grants Iran sanctions relief in return for curbs on Tehran's nuclear program. Mr Bennett warned against trying to strike a deal with Mr Raisi. Raisi's selection is, a, I would say, the last chance for the world powers to wake up before returning to the nuclear agreement and to understand who they're doing business with. These guys are murderers, mass murderers. A regime of brutal hangmen must never be allowed to have weapons of mass destruction. Israel's position will not change on this. At the Vienna talks, Iran's chief nuclear negotiator Abus Arakshi said Tehran and six world powers had moved nearer to reviving the 2015 deal. But he said there was still much work to do. The BBC's Bethany Bell is in Vienna. Mr Arakshi told Iranian state television the two sides were closer than ever to an agreement. But he said distances remained and bridging the gap was not an easy job. He said delegations would return to capitals for consultations. The 2015 nuclear deal lifted sanctions on Iran in return for limits on its atomic work. The deal has been at risk of collapse ever since President Trump pulled out. In response to the U.S. withdrawal, Iran has steadily overstepped the deal's limits on its nuclear program. Elections are taking place in regions and departments across France, the last big polls before next year's presidential vote. President Emmanuel Macron's centrist party has never before contested regional elections. The BBC's Lucy Williamson in Paris has more. There are good reasons why these regional elections are getting so much attention. 
For one, they're being held less than a year before France's next presidential race. For another, Marine Le Pen's National Rally Party could be on track to win control of a region for the first time. That would mean a budget of billions under its command and a chance to present itself to voters as a party of government. La République en marche, created by Mr Macron in 2016, is contesting regional and county polls for the first time. In sport, Wales take on Italy shortly in the Euro 2020 Championship. The Italians have already booked their place in the knockout stage of the tournament. The Welsh need only a draw to be sure of joining them, but their head coach, Rob Page, says they'll do much more than just try and avoid defeat. If you play for a draw and just fall short, then then you get a defeat. We'll be going for the win. And if we fall short of that, we get the point that we need. So um, we fully respect what they're all about, absolutely. I think they're a, a phenomenal team. They've shown class in the two games previous to this. They've shown that they've got goals in the team. So, yeah, it's going to be a good battle. Italy boss Roberto Mancini said they're aiming to end the group stage with a perfect record. They've already made it to the last four of the previous European Championships, so we need to play very well and we need to try and win the game. That's ultimately our aim. Elsewhere in Group A, Turkey take on Switzerland in what will be a must-win game for both sides in Baku. Neither team has managed to win a game so far in the tournament, with Turkey losing both games while Switzerland also lost to Italy but drew their opening match against Wales. In motorsports and in the past few minutes, Max Verstappen has won the French Grand Prix. Meanwhile, on two wheels, Marc Marquez has won his first MotoGP since 2019 in Germany. To end the news, the top stories once again. This year's July, the first pro-democracy march is off, with organisers not in a position even to apply for permission to stage it. Tensions between the SAR and Taiwan increase further, with Taipei winding down its representative office here. And that's the news from RTHK. And we're back in 1978. Eddie Money, two tickets to paradise.
defective drainage puts hygiene at risk. The Building Drainage System Repair Subsidy Scheme run by the Government and the Urban Renewal Authority offers financial assistance of up to 80% of total drainage repair costs to eligible owners of buildings aged 40 or above. The scheme is now accepting first-stage applications from eligible building owners with outstanding statutory orders related to common drains. Call 3188-1188 now for details. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. Let's keep it right there in the 80s, little Asia heat of the moment. <laughs> 